I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. If you want to do something nice, go to BoxingForFree.com and click on the Amazon banner. Do all your shopping on Amazon through BoxingForFree.com. We will get a little kickback. It lets us keep doing the show, doing the stuff that we love, and you'll feel good about it too. That's a nice thing that you can do for us. Adrian Broner, he calls himself the problem. But if there is a problem with Adrian Broner, it's of his own doing. And his problem is that nobody takes him seriously. They really can't. No matter what news comes up about Broner, people will just fail to take him seriously. Yes, he's a very skilled fighter. You have to be to have won as many championships as he has. But for all the uh, glitz and glory that surrounds him, people still look at him and say, what a clown, what a fool, what a moron. His uh, current legal problems notwithstanding, Broner, uh, Broner just can't seem to get any respect, no matter how hard he tries. As you know, it was revealed last week on TMZ Sports that Broner has been charged. There is a warrant out for his arrest for assault and robbery. He has apparently, uh, <clears throat> according to the report from TMZ Sports, attacked and assaulted a man who he uh, lost a couple thousand dollars to in a friendly game of bowling. They were making bets about who could make what, and uh, yeah, it seems that Broner sucks at bowling, so he decided to just take his money back, threaten the man with a gun. Not nice, but uh, this did. a lot of people were thinking that this might distract Broner for his upcoming fight against Ashley Theophane. No. If anything, it may have uh, may have solidified his resolve to uh, emerge victorious because uh, Ashley was not in this fight at all. I, I'm sure he was trying, but after nine rounds, the referee stopped the fight, and you could just tell that Adrian was on a different level. Maybe it was that uh, the fear of maybe going to jail again, which Broner has done in the past, maybe it was the fact that he was going up against his uh, his former friend, apparently, uh, Floyd Mayweather, who is uh, Ashley Theophane's promoter. I don't know. There was a lot of, uh, if anything, in the lead-up to this fight, there was more talk about Floyd and Broner trash-talking each other. And uh, after the fight, Broner, you know, they, they do the post-fight interview. Broner was uh, quite upset about all the stuff that Floyd had said, and he decided that he would... Uh, Call him out on it. Now, I don't know how y'all look at that. I don't know how y'all look at it, but I don't like it. And I wasn't going to do this, but I'm a man that learns shit from physical activity. So me and Floyd, he got to see me. He got to see me. Point blank, period. And, and, and I'm a man. And, and, and hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, y'all, hold on, hold on, hold on, y'all. Now, now, this is just my opinion, but if you have to say hold on nine times and people still aren't listening, just keep talking. That That's all you have to do because they're not going to hold on, okay? That, that's just my advice. But um, if you actually listen closely, Floyd Mayweather, he was up on the ring apron and uh, he was laughing. You could, they would cut to him. He was laughing, and you could actually hear him laughing at certain points of this. Now I'm a man at the end of the day. I'm a man at the end of the day. 
And I come from the streets, the trenches, man. From the bottom, from nothing. I'm talking about water and cornflakes. I come from nothing. And I will never let a man disrespect me like that. So he gotta see me. I don't care if we spar or we fight, let's get it on. You heard the challenge, Adrian Broner, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for him. And they cut to Floyd again after this, and he is laughing like he has heard the best April Fool's joke he has ever heard in his entire life. Ugh, wh why do you have to do this, Adrian? Wh wh why do you have to challenge Floyd? I mean, nobody wants to see a fight with you and Floyd where Floyd's going to land probably 140 punches or less. No, I mean, hats off to Floyd for... You know, staying retired. I mean, keep in mind that that only lasts so long as he stays retired. But um, he hasn't made any announcements. He's done the tease, and people like Dan Rayfield think that uh, he might come out of retirement. I don't want to see it. Nobody wants to see it at all. I, I really wish that fighters would stop calling out Floyd, try to build their own legacy without him. But uh, that's besides the point. Adrian Broner got the win over Theophane last night. Good job to him. Did what he had to do, but uh, just use your brain, kid. You've got one. Probably not a big one, but it's big enough to get you through the world of boxing. So you know what? Just just use it a bit more often. And if you lose a couple thousand dollars in a bowling game, you're a guy who's apparently about billions. So you know. What's a few thousand dollars when you're supposedly making billions? Moving on. Nine months after his last fight, Andre Ward made his 175-pound uh, debut against Sullivan Barrera, an undefeated fighter with 17 wins, 12 knockouts at the time, and more or less won almost every round. He knocked Barrera down in the third round. It it was a good left hook that he threw up, and the thing was that uh, Ward was off the, or sorry, he was on the ropes, Barrera's coming in, and all of a sudden Ward just throws this nice punch. It's kind of on the top of the head, almost uh, near the ear, but uh, good legal punch, knocked Barrera down, and uh, yeah, obviously this is going to be leading to a fight between him and the recognized 175 pound champion Sergey Kovalev in fact they discussed that uh during the uh the one minute break between the first and second round and so many of us want to see that fight between the craft and skill of Andre Ward and the awesome power of Sergey Kovalev the best fight that can be made in boxing number one better than GGG versus Canelo yes. I really wish Jim Lampley wouldn't call Gennady Golovkin GGG. GGG. It sounds like it sounds like a a French poodle. That's the name that you would give a French poodle. GGG. It's just triple G, Jim. You don't have to Why are you doing that? It's triple G. What's so complicated about that? But what actually surprised me about that was, well, not the uh, the Lampley calling Triple G GGG, but uh, what actually surprised me was when Kellerman said that the fight between Ward and Kovalev was bigger than Golovkin versus Canelo. And I think that he might be right. 
Because let's face it, we know that that fight is going to happen. We know that Ward's at 175 pounds and uh, <clears throat> that uh, Kovalev wants to fight him. Golovkin is at 160 pounds. Canelo keeps waffling on whether or not he is a middleweight or not. And you know that after the uh, Amir Khan fight, should he win, that there's, it, we're just going to go through the same thing. Oh, I'm just a 154-pound fighter who happened to, happened to win the middleweight title. I can't fight you. We know that there is going to be so much negotiating and BS leading up to this that uh, we're, it, it, makes, it makes clear sense why, um, why he thinks that Ward versus uh, Kovalev is a bigger fight. Problem is, uh, the, these two just don't have the big drawing power that Canelo does. I'm not going to say that Gennady Golovkin has a lot of drawing power. But at the same time, this can help raise their uh, their profile. I mean, I, I think it's just incredibly strange that Andre Ward, the last American male to win a gold medal at the Olympics, he's undefeated, but nobody really knows who he is. Really, no, nobody knows who Andre Ward is. You don't see him on the cover of magazines. The, the most you might see is just in some fitness magazine where he teaches you how to throw a good punch. But who cares about that? That's not something that everybody out there is reading. That's not a magazine that everybody's going to see and recognize. So, I don't know. If, if the fight does happen, and it will between Kovalev and Ward, then uh, hopefully it raises their profile leading up to and after the fight. But Kellerman, uh, he can't say the stuff that I do because, A, HBO doesn't want to piss Canelo off and potentially have him go back to Showtime, and uh, B, well, he probably wants to keep his job, so instead he gives this answer. Andre has to win tonight to take a step toward that fight happening. I say yes, Jim, to your question, because it wouldn't produce necessarily the most fireworks. But the way Kovalev has come up in the world as Andre Ward has been inactive makes it such a 50-50 proposition in most fight fans' minds. And he makes a good point, too. Yeah, Ward does look good, but would uh, all the layoffs he have, uh, would they factor in when he's up against an elite fighter like Sergey Kovalev, especially one who punches so hard? Would he be able to neutralize Kovalev's strength so effectively as he does against other opponents like Barrera and Froch? It's a good question. Other questions linger about that fight, like can uh, Andre Ward find a way to outmaneuver Sergey Kovalev? Can Sergey Kovalev take the shots of Andre Ward? Everybody's always uh, getting hit by Sergey Kovalev that we don't always focus on when he gets hit with big shots. I mean, he took some good ones against Pascal, but we all knew that Pascal really didn't have much of a chance in there. But I think that Ward's going to have the best chance out of anybody who's uh, ever come up against Kovalev. So really looking forward to that fight. Now, I uh, was going to take uh, this time in the episode to uh, give our predictions on the upcoming 
Manny Pacquiao versus Timothy Bradley uh, rematch or rubber match. However, I'd like to take this uh, opportunity to just uh, give a shout out to my buddies at the Ring Crew Show. As of this recording, it is Saturday, April 2nd, and tomorrow is Sunday, and that is WrestleMania 32, or just WrestleMania. I want you guys to go to theringcrewshow.com this week. The boys there will be putting out their 200th episode. I am a person who uh, watched wrestling from 99 till about maybe 2003. But uh, even though I don't watch wrestling anymore, I still love listening to this show. These guys are funny. They're informative. They've got different opinions. They do sketches. They're funny as hell. Sometimes the humor makes you say, whoa, I don't think they could get away with saying that on on legitimate radio, but thank God for the internet and podcasts and free speech. I just want to play this little clip from uh, a recent episode they did. They've been going back, playing clips from classic episodes, and this is just one of them. So to Bubs, Wrecker, D-Rock, Punga, W, everybody at the Ring Crew Show, just want to let you know that uh, keep up the good work, and here's to 200 more. God help us. And now, another classic Ring Crew moment. Brought to you by TheRingCrewShow.com Recently, World Wrestling Entertainment has introduced a segment called Stand Up for the WWE. Well, here at The Ring Crew Show, we believe in sitting down for the WWE. My name is Bugs, D-Rock, Plunga, Jeffrey Scott, and I've been a wrestling fan for 25 years. 20 years. 10 years. 28 years. Over the years, WWE has brought us such awful entertainment as Kane making love to a corpse, Mae Young giving birth to a hand, the Goblin Gooker, the Undertaker coming back to life again and again, an eight-foot basketball player in a fursuit, CEO Vince McMahon framing his own death, Repo Man, fake Diesel and fake Razor Ramon, a seven-foot Snitsky punting a baby across the crowd, exposing Brian Pillman's widow on national television. Big Boss Man feeding Al Snow's dog to him. Vince McMahon making out with a woman at least a third of his age in front of his wife. Giving Mike Legacy, Bobby Clancy, and Larry Byrne tryout matches. Hornswoggle doing a court segment under the ring. A 250-pound greased-up Chippendales dancer. Donald Trump versus Rosie O'Donnell. Al Wilson dropping dead of a heart attack after marrying a woman nearly a third of his age. The return of D-Generation X again and again and again. Barack Obama versus Hillary Clinton. Reviving ECW. Harry Saturn befriending a mop. Having an on-air character portrayed as a porn star. Having two wrestlers have a gay marriage in the ring. Beaver Cleavage banging his mom. An 80-year-old woman exposing her breasts on pay-per-view. An 80-year-old man with skid marks in his underwear giving a stink face to a young lady. Yes, the World Wrestling Entertainment has given us hours upon hours of crappy programming. But at least, it's not TNA Impact. I'm Jeff, and I'm sitting down. I'm D-Rock, and I'm sitting down. I'm Punga, and I'm sitting down. My name is Bubs, and I'm sitting down on the toilet, making an impact. For news, reviews, interviews, articles, and a whole lot more, visit theringcrewshow.com. I'm sorry, but that beautiful moment when Mae Young gave birth to a hand baby still gets me a little misty. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, 
next Saturday, April 9th, Manny Pacquiao for possibly the final fight of his career will be facing Timothy Bradley in perhaps the most unnecessary rubber match of their careers. Oh, now I know that you don't care to hear me complain and gripe about why this fight is happening. You just want to know, Andrew, what's your prediction? Well, I don't have one prediction for this fight. I've got three. That's right, me, your humble correspondent, Andrew Schweitzer, the man behind Boxing for Free, Justin Salvato, and our amazing, uh, I suppose you could call him our amazing columnist, Matt Lewis, because he's just constantly churning stuff out that makes me say, I really hate this son of a bitch. But, uh, <laughs> no, they were, uh, they were kind enough to, uh, provide me with their own analysis and thoughts on, uh, how this fight would go. And since I'm the host of this show, I'm going to give mine last because it's the one that you want to hear the most. And I'm going to make you work for it. And you got to listen to two other predictions beforehand. So without further ado, I'm going to read Justin's podcast or <laughs> I'm going to read Justin's prediction first. <clears throat> I give Bradley the edge for the simple fact that he isn't coming off as long a layoff as Manny Pacquiao. And this edge is a very small one. After all, his last opponent was Brandon Rios, a one-dimensional fighter at best. On the other hand, Manny's last fight was with the pound-for-pound champ. I thought Manny looked mediocre in that bout, but that was probably attributed to the injury he had going into the fight. Long story short, Timothy has found a trainer to his liking in Teddy Atlas, and that combined with his work rate and never-say-die attitude will be enough to score a close decision over Manny Pacquiao. That's very interesting. Okay, and now I will read you Matt Lewis's prediction. First of all, it's worth saying that this isn't the fight we wanted to see for what is probably going to be Pacquiao's last bout. With rumors of a fight with Terence Crawford having generated interest, the announcement of a third meeting with Bradley was a little disappointing. Even though this would be a rubber match in a trilogy of fights, most fans feel Pacquiao won the first two comfortably and was hugely unfortunate not to get the decision the first time around. Despite Bradley still being one of the top welterweights around, their previous two encounters weren't exactly classics, and I have the feeling that this next fight will largely follow suit. Nevertheless, that's the fight we have to look forward to, and there are a lot of what-ifs about each fighter that could decide the outcome. Has Pacquiao declined a little too much? Will the defeat against Mayweather have exposed something that Bradley can exploit? Does he actually care enough to take it seriously? Bradley has since looked good after switching to Teddy Atlas. On the other hand, the old saying of Styles making fights might have a very important part to play. The Filipino isn't the fighter he once was, but he's still a formidable opponent. Bradley struggled to deal with his busy southpaw stance in their previous fights, and it could be that this is his undoing yet again. Bradley can be coaxed away from his boxing skills and dragged into a brawl from time to time, and that's where Pacquiao can be capable with his hand speed and footwork. This fight won't set the world alight, but it might be an interesting one to watch. I think we will see a slightly slower and less explosive Pacquiao do enough to take the win, proving too much for an opponent who is genuinely world-class, but who cannot seem to overcome the things that make Manny Pacquiao Manny Pacquiao. 
Bradley will come back and fight for the world titles again and again, and Pacquiao should hope that a swan song victory after losing the biggest fight of his career will be enough to see him into a happy and well-earned retirement. Those are both two very good predictions, and I'm going to be honest, I'm having a hard time making my own in the lead-up to this fight. It seems that ever since he was defeated by Floyd Mayweather, we kind of knew that the end was in sight for Manny Pacquiao. In fact, ever since 2012, after he was knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez, it felt like we knew that we were seeing the last of him. He has been explosive. He has had moments. He looked dynamic against Chris Algieri, but then again, we expected him to look dynamic against Chris Algieri. Yes, Timothy Bradley did look good in his last fight against Brandon Rios, but then again, that's Brandon Rios, a guy who's one-dimensional and also not the best at Let's face it, he probably went into that camp, that training camp, just to lose weight. He wasn't there to get in fighting shape. He just wanted to make weight and hope that he could knock Bradley out, which was never going to happen. In his previous fight with Manny Pacquiao, Bradley was doing good. In fact, I think I had him ahead after six rounds. I think I had him ahead uh, four rounds to two. But, uh, Afterwards, he changed his his uh, fight plan, and he it seemed like he was trying to knock Pacquiao out himself. And I just thought, why is he doing that? He he if he just kept sticking to his original game plan, he might win. But uh, if he does that this time, if he has the disciplinarian of Teddy Atlas in his corner screaming at him that he has to do this, and that Teddy Atlas is not one to beat around the bush let's be very clear about that he'll know he'll or sorry he will let tim bradley know if he thinks he's screwing up so that's that's all in uh in bradley's favor but then again pacquiao did have his good moments against floyd mayweather there are people who argue that marcos maidana did a better job but at the same time, I gave Manny Pacquiao more rounds against Floyd Mayweather than I did Marcos Maidana. So who knows? Plus, he was up against the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world and did have his good moments. Maybe I just want the, the nice storybook ending, but I think that Manny Pacquiao is going to win a 12-round decision. This is a very difficult decision for me to make. It's not an easy prediction. I'm not going to be disappointed either way, but uh, I think that Pacquiao's got this one in the bag. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Adzizic, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Hold on.